0: Hello, everyone, that you are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. And Joe, the Flyers looked pretty dynamic last night. Maybe one of their best wins of the season, a 5-1 decision over the Stars. Joe, was that the most complete dominant performance you've seen from this team this season?
1: I think it was, and the fact that John Tortorella actually said that after the game, I think even enhances that point because he doesn't really talk like that. Um, You know, he's not big on the congratulations type of stuff. And he said, um, it looked like he almost struggled to say anything, even remotely negative about what they did last night. And really, I mean, what are you going to say? You know, they allowed one shot in the first period. They kind of suffocated anything Dallas was trying to do. Uh, Aside from a couple of stretches in the games and during those stretches, Sam Harrison made the saves. Um, And then, you know, they they put it on a show offensively. I mean, Owen Tippett, obviously, um, being the uh, headliner there with that. But uh, yeah, I, I. If Morgan Frost said after the game about the statement game and they talked about it, And then they went out and made a statement. And I think that's really impressive for a team that's mostly constructed of younger players to talk about that and then go out and do it to the level they did it last night against that
0: opponent. That was my biggest takeaway as well with Tortorella that he didn't have a gripe with the game. I mean, typically you hear a coach say something and very typically he balances things out. He doesn't like to, Overpraise his team. He doesn't like to overcriticize his team. He's always in the middle. But he, he even admitted we played a hell of a game last uh, a hell of a game. And thought he was right. I mean, that Joe, at one point it was 27 to 3 in shots at halfway through the game. I mean, this is the Dallas team that people think can win the Stanley Cup. They have a very deep lineup. Uh, they're they're gonna be going for the cup, most people think. And to be out shooting them 27 to 3 halfway through the game was just astounding. Uh, and it seemed like the day off on Wednesday really paid off for the Flyers. They ended up having two days off in a row. They didn't practice. They opted against it. And, I mean, man, they looked—they just looked better. They looked quicker. They were more connected. Uh, just a better team, a way better team. It was impressive.
1: Yeah, and, and what you said about the Stars, I mean, John Tortorella reiterated that about how they're the most complete team. And then I, I believe near the end of his availability last night, he said – I think they're the best team. Yeah. So, I mean, the Flyers have this collection of wins this year against teams that arguably are the best team. I mean, they beat the Avalanche in Colorado. They have now beat Dallas handily at home. Uh, They beat Winnipeg, who had the best record when they beat them. They beat Vancouver, who had the best record when they beat them. And then they beat them earlier in the year too. But I mean, after a while, it's just you have to just we that they can play with any team. Mm-hmm. They've shown they could play with any team, and they don't. They it's I think we talked we talked about that this earlier this week. The other than that Ranger game, they've really don't go out and kind of get their doors blown off at all, which is it's hard to believe because that happens to everybody in this league. We, we see it. It happened to Dallas last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, the flyers do it to other teams. They rarely have it done against them. And I just think the the leap from last year to this year, it's, it's almost hard to believe. Actually, not almost. It's hard to believe because. Um, there's a lot of the same parts Um, there's some new parts, but there's a lot of the same parts. It's the same system. It's just, I mean, you can't underscore the, the Couturier and Atkinson part of the, um, the equation because they, they bring so much more to the table than maybe some of the guys that were playing at the top of the lineup last year. So you had that depth piece added back in but they just look like a whole different team and i think now other teams come into the wells fargo center and they expect it to be a uh kind of a knockdown drag out game and when the team you know when they go on the road the home team knows they're going to be in for a rough night because the flyers have been better on the road than they've been at home so it really is uh uh an astonishing turnaround from where we were
0: last season. It really is. Uh, National folks before the season, a lot of them had the Flyers as like a bottom three, four team. I think you and I both agreed that we didn't think they were going to be that bad. We thought they'd, you know, maybe sneak into the bottom 10. We thought they had. I mean, there's
1: a, there is a commercial right now with a running during the games with a national a super well-known hockey insider apologizing to the Flyers. It's built around him apologizing. And, um, you know, that's one of the more plugged-in people in the world about the NHL. I'm, I'm talking about Elliot Friedman. And he, you know, didn't pick the Flyers, and they've had a whole joke on their podcast this year about how he apologized to the Flyers for what his predictions were at the beginning of the year. And I think there's a lot of people doing – some apologizing, whether internally uh, to themselves or in public, because, and now with the Eagles um, eliminated from the playoffs, it was almost like last night was a, a realization time where everybody kind of just was like, wait a second, really? <laughs> I was getting texts during the game and I hadn't been getting texts about the Flyers all year. And I was getting texts during the game about, do they really only have one shot allowed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know that kind of thing, so yeah, it's it's um, it's it's kind of like a everyone I think is going to wake up to this team and um, the building is you know crazy
0: during games again, and it's good to see. The building definitely had some juice. There was Dallas sucks chance during the third period. Obviously, I'm sure some of that was directed at the Cowboys, but also directed just at Dallas in general. And the Flyers gave Flyers fans a reason to chant like that. They were having fun. They were rolling. They were up. And I think they were kind of riding this high with this team that the the Flyers are just on a roll. And uh, it gives fans the reason to be a little cocky, be confident, and and fill the building again. I think there was definitely some considerable juice in the building that we haven't seen in a little while. Joe, Owen Tippett is just looking like a force, like an absolute force. Back-to-back games with highlight reel goals, John Tortorella said he hadn't seen a goal like that. And he's been around a long time. I mean, just how good does Tippett look? What do you think the upside is there with Owen Tippett? So I have a
1: theory about this. I think that Owen Tippett might have taken to heart John Tortorella's comments last week when he said, if he hits the net, he might have six or seven more goals. And he's really looks like he's just said, all right, well, I'll show you. I'll hit the net. And even last night, John Tortorella says, I don't know, you know, Owen doesn't know what the hell he was doing on that goal. I disagree. You go back and look at it, he looked like he labeled that backhander for the top, you know, the far corner. And you have to be a certain type of player to even try that move. I mean, I remember playing hockey when I was younger, and I remember just trying to practice the the skating part of that move without having to – finish with a finishing shot, of course. And I'm talking about like outscaping by myself, not playing against someone. So I I don't, you have to be in a certain mindset on an NHL rink to try that kind of move and pull that off because it can go badly if if you don't pull it off. You could take yourself out of a play going the other direction, especially if you miss the net far side because the puck's going to come up the boards and start heading the other way. Um, but is just in his own right now. I mean, the play off the face-off that scores on his first goal, that's obviously a play that they talk about, but he had to win a puck battle right near the face-off dot to get the puck in order to shoot it. But then when he gets it and the shot and the speed and, and everything is just, he is, uh, taking his game to another level over the last five, six game, five, six games. And, um, You know, Hopefully it continues because we saw Atkinson get back in the mix, so he slowly seems to get – is getting back into the the offensive mix last night. Um, But right now Tippett, to me, seems to be a driving force on the offense because the last few – Travis Konechny hasn't scored in five or six games, and they haven't really even noticed it. And I think that's a huge deal, and it's because of Alan
0: Tippett. It really shows you what their, their balance can look like when other guys are going. If Travis Konechny goes quiet, Tippett steps up. Cam Atkinson gets going. Joel Faraby's having a great year. Other guys are chipping in, and, I mean, yeah, they don't miss a beat. I mean, that says a lot about their depth. And Tippett, it, it's just incredible. He only turns 25 in February. I mean, it really looks like the sky's the limit for him. Just a power four with skill. I just, It's the whole package, and – that yeah that goal like you sometimes you see you guys make that move but then they just get absolutely nothing on the backhand it kind of like there's just not enough there there's not enough momentum there's not enough strength and they just kind of flip it on the net i mean that was a snipe <laughs> it was a snipe and that's a
1: move that i and i think al brought it up on the post game show last night that's a move that's kind of like generations past you don't see that a ton right now no i mean maybe kale McCarr. But, you know, he, he, Kael McCarr does a lot of things that no one else in the league does. I think now one of those things you can say, he and Owen Tippett do it because,
0: uh, I don't think anybody could, could have seen that coming last night. Absolutely not. I talked to Scott Lawton, uh, at Morning Skate about Tippett and I asked him just about Tippett's kind of quiet nature and he said, yeah, he's a quiet kid. He's he keeps to himself, but he's a great human being. He cares for people, but he called it a quiet confidence. He thinks there's a quiet confidence inside him, and I agree. Like when you talk to him, he like he'll never sound cocky. He never sounds like he thinks you know, he's the best. Or even last night, I asked him, "You're on quite a run right now. Like you feel pretty good about yourself." And he said, "Yeah, it's fun when the team's winning. When the team's winning, everyone's confident." So I think naturally, he's not incredibly well known around the league as like a big name, but I think he's going to start getting there just with the way he's playing and these goals. I mean, they're going to blow up on social media and people are going to look into Owen Tippett and see who he is. But I just think his personality allows him to kind of fly under the radar, but by no means do I think he's, uh, you know, quiet right now. He is putting on a show and it's got to be exciting for the flyers. I mean, this kid is 24 and doesn't turn 25 until February. And I think he's only going to get better.
1: Yeah. And the, the the thing too is, and we brought this up in this podcast before is that Chuck Fletcher's taken so much heat and, and rightfully so it was not a good tenure with him here. But the one thing that that regime got correct is the Claude Giroux exit plan and the trade, considering they were backed into a corner and really only had one place to trade him and they got this return. They got Owen Tippett and a draft pick. You have to give them the props for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that move, that move is re- really accelerated the re- the rebuild of this team, yeah. and um, I know not nobody's looking to talk about that, but I'll just point it out that that is the player they got in the Claude jury trade, and you know y- you can't ask for a better return. So if you you know you're ever looking for a, a Something that went right during the Chuck Fletcher um, regime—it's absolutely the Claude Giroux trade and what they got back, and they still have a pick coming that they haven't even seen yet. So that is a—that uh, is definitely a um, one of the one of the the good grades on on uh, on that regime is for sure what they did, what they got
0: um, for uh, Giroux. Celebrity cook Steve Martirano brings his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. Make reservations for Martirano's Prime on Open Table. Joe, I thought last night would have been easy for to be a letdown game for the Flyers, and I, I probably would have justified it. I mean, they're coming home after a road trip that was highly successful. They're playing a Stars team that people think can make the uh, Stanley Cup. And it wasn't a letdown. It's almost at the point where whenever they do have a clunker, I think I'm going (laughs) to give them an excuse and say, hey, listen, they were due for one of these. Um, Just how much do you think they can keep this going? How much can they sustain it? Uh, Do you foresee any obstacles down the line for this team where maybe they'll slow down a little bit? Well, I mean, staying healthy, I think, is
1: obviously the biggest one. Um, an injury or two can kind of derail this thing, particularly to a guy like Couturier, who uh, we talked about earlier this week. When he's in the lineup, everybody else just kind of falls into place. Um, And when he's not, there's a lot of experimentation that goes on with guys playing up and down the lineup, and I think that messes everything up. So aside from that, I'm not sure, because the goaltending, you know, last night, Sam Harrison faced one shot in the first period. And then um, in the second period, they get that two on one fairly early and he's got to make back-to-back saves on Esa Lindell. Now, when you're not seeing any shots, that's not easy to just jump into a, a breakaway. And I think Scott pointed out, it looked like Lindell gave him a stick tap on the pads after he made the two saves, which you rarely see. So if guys are going to answer the bell, the goaltending, I mean, even when they're not seeing shots and also when they are seeing shots, I, I don't, it, it's tough to find a weakness. I'm not trying to overstate what's going on here, but if your goaltending is playing that way and your defense in front of you is playing the way they played the first period last night, blocking all those shots, they're taking a lot of the onus off the goaltender. I mean, we haven't seen in a, a good bit. You know, we haven't seen Erison or Hart having to make 40 saves to, to, you know, to hammer, hammer down a win. It's not really happening like that because this team blocks so many shots. And they really kept Dallas on the periphery last night with their defense. And we're talking about, I mean, we saw Tyler Sagan score a goal, but we're talking about, Sagan and and Pavelski and Jamie Benn. These guys are experienced offensive threats. And Jason Robertson, I mean, you, other than him taking a penalty last night, you didn't even hear his name. So, I mean, th- these are big-time players that they're keeping, you know. I mean, Robertson has 80-some goals in the last two years. And you need, I, I, like I said, you need to hear his name except for the penalty last night. So they're really keeping some big-time players at bay. And there's no reason to think that's going to let down. Although John Tortorella does allude to fatigue in the, the, hard, like the hard minutes that a lot of these guys are playing. So I suppose that could be a thing down the line. But it's not showing any signs right now of, of changing
0: yeah, I think all their signature wins gives people plenty of reason to think this is for real. And that, you know, they're, they can compete with any team in the league that, that these, that this this isn't a fluke, excuse me. So yeah, I think whenever they do have a letdown, I think they're going to get a, you know, they're going to get it, it justified. And, you know, it's like one off. It's not even just like, Hey, this is, this is going to happen more often. No, it's probably going to be more like this. This was an anomaly, you know, but, uh, Yeah, I think, I'm with you, Joe. Health, I think they're going to have to stay healthy. If they can avoid injuries, I think that's really going to help their chances. I don't think an injury to a key player would be nothing to scoff at. I think it would be potentially damaging for them. And, yeah, their goaltending, John Tortorella said it, both Ayrson and Hart have been their most consistent players, and I agree with that. They're giving them a chance every single night, and the Flyers are also helping their goalies like they helped Ayrson last night in limiting shots and really kind of dictating play. Uh, The schedule does get tougher, and I think that's going to be something to monitor. And I do think, Joe, the games will probably get tougher in February or March. I just think naturally the games ratchet up in intensity. And, you know, the Flyers do have some guys that have not really played in, I think, a playoff race yet. Um, I think a number of them. Yeah, and you mentioned the other day on the other day's podcast, you mentioned about the teams they
1: haven't played in the Eastern Conference, Boston, Florida, Tampa. These are big-time experienced teams that have won, and they haven't faced them once yet. So, yeah. I mean, that is a big test. It, it's when, when you get into those games, and I'm, I'm thinking particularly post-All-Star break, I think that's when things are going to get real, and you'll see what this team's made of because, I mean – it's a whole, that is a whole loaded division that you really haven't faced anyone from um, yet. And I think that's, you know, really um,
0: it's going to put these
1: guys to the test.
0: I agree. I think post all star break will be where it really is worth watching. I think they're fun to watch right now and the games matter. Don't get me wrong. I mean, these games matter. Um, no, one's going to forget these wins, but I feel like the post all star break is very much the second half in so many people's eyes. And it's definitely when people return and they say, hey, now is where things heat up. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle those games in those environments. But again, I think they're just giving a ton of evidence that they can play in these games and that they're going to be OK and they're going to be up for the challenge. I mean, they faced they have faced so many challenges so far and they just keep answering the bell. And uh, it's making you think uh, like, yeah, th- this is a good team and it's meant to be where they are. And it's it's not a fluke. Um, so, yeah and
1: the, the the interesting thing is the one game at a time stuff is like a cliche in all sports but when you see a team actually enact the one game at a time thing it's um it's it's very interesting when you can and 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 it makes you wonder how long you can keep that up because let's say so for example this coming week you play Colorado then Sunday's games against Ottawa but your game after that is against Tampa
0: mm-hmm.
1: So that's a, that's a uh, a, a look ahead spot. Ottawa is not a really good team. But you're facing Tampa after that and they've got their goalie back and they're kind of they're they've been starting to roll a little bit. So human nature tells you look ahead to Tampa coming in here for a showdown on Tuesday. But can they keep up the one game at a time thing and I I think it'll be we'll start to see some of it this week for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and we'll see how much the Flyers get tested down the stretch, and how many times they can answer. Sorry, them. we have a visitor on the podcast. We got here. a visitor. We got a pup there with Joe Fortes. That's awesome. <laughs> Wanted to get in on the podcast. He's excited about the Flyers too. He or she? Uh
1: she. Okay, name's Gabby. Yeah. yeah,
0: Gabby. There you go. Good stuff. Well, Joe That's and Gabby, awesome. thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll have coverage. All weekend, Flyers back-to-back set. Uh, you can catch it all on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and you can catch Flyers pre- and post-game live on NBC uh, Sports Philadelphia, produced by our very own Joe. Yo, thank you so much. Great to see you. Great to chat with you. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time.